Okay, let's start with this. Welcome to another episode of Inside the Passion of Music and Art, Rhythm and Voice. Where does one begin? Gotta begin somewhere, man. I'm here uh, beginning this day with Steve Detman, founder of Plywood Cowboys, and I'm here in his creative music space. That melody has been playing in my car for about four days now, and I, and I just can't get it out of my head, and it just kind of opens my heart, man, just like makes me cry a kind of happy cry. <laughs> it just, you know, it gives me the chills to hum it. Which, and, and I just I just love it. I think that was uh, Steps Back to You, is that what you Oh, mean? yeah. I just, um, and that, the Genesis episode I did with Leif, we, we were talking about, or I was talking about steps, like the celebration of, of process and like where do you begin where do you begin when you write a song do you begin with a note do you begin with a melody uh that's in your head when you're driving you, everyone has their own process yeah and sure. uh and sometimes it changes it does change you know it does change so for you where did your process begin and how has it changed for me a songwriter i spent many years getting the proficiency that i have now I know what I know on my instruments. I am always willing to learn more, and I do take lessons. I take guitar lessons, I take voice lessons. So I'm, I'm, I will always continue to learn the instruments, but I've reached a point where the process starts by learning how to play the instrument. So you have, you have to be able to play your notes. And so that starts as a child. Mm -hmm. But when I was a little kid, I think I, I, I learned a piece of... So that was one of the first songs I ever played in a piano recital when I was a kid. So I liked that I liked to improvise. now getting creative you know I'm not just reading the, the, the notes on the page but I had a good teacher and he he encouraged me to do both which is important so structurally you learn music you learn the math that's involved in it and you learn how to sight read music and then you have an ear then you can just hear a song like you just hummed a song that we have on our new album that you're humming around. And so um, now if you could just take that and if you held a guitar, could you be able to play it just by hearing it? That's developing your ear. So he, his name was Art, his name is Art Bellucci. He's out of Hamden, Connecticut, a, a very accomplished piano player. It's brought him all over the world. So he was the one that helped develop my ear and showed me how you can just, if I can hear a song, how to play it, how to get to it, how to find what key it's in first, you know, mm -hmm. playing. and then the chords. And then once you get used to doing that, you realize all songs, all popular music, the things that I'm interested in, fall into the category of three to five chords. So then you figure those out, figure out the time signature, you know, 
what's the tempo if it's in a waltz one two three one two three one two three. piano man is a waltz right one two three yeah. one two So you, you know, figure those things out. That's the math. That's the perfect. That's and then you get to a point where you're like, okay, now I want to write songs. So that's 25, 35 years, right, <laughs> of just that. So people say, wow, Steve, you can play piano. I say, well, I've been. I hope so because I've been doing it for 35 years. <laughs> so if I couldn't, then I wish I had somebody trying to pick up something else. Yeah, you may want to just move on to something else. Um, so there's that, but you know what? I encourage you. You have to start. So I did it all. You know, I, I I've been doing it all, and now what Plywood Cowboy is, what this project is, is just uh, really focusing, focusing, and saying, okay, now. Let's do it professionally. And professionally meaning? To write the songs, record the songs, build a band to, to perform the songs live, um, copyright the songs, and uh, you know, there's, a, there's money involved, there's a business involved, and it's a passion that I am putting a lot of effort and energy into. But I'm also running a, I, I am running a business. And you have some history with running your own business. <laughs> Poorly. <laughs> my, uh, my, my original business is in horticulture. So uh, I've, if, I'm building, if I'm building music and I'm building a band um, with horticulture, I've been building gardens for many, many years. So how does that correlate? How does, uh, what lessons have you learned? I kind of wear a few hats. If I'm an artist... I'm not a businessman, but to be both is really key. So going forward with this project and building a business out of the music, the band, and I want to be able, I want to start on the right foot and make sure that I take care of everything that has to be taken care of, surrounding myself with the right people. That's key. That's key. And business people that say, okay, you're an artist, you write songs, you perform, you sing, you you know you you're up on stage or you know you're you're talking to to people um, after the show. That's that's your job. What our job is is to if you sell a T-shirt in Massachusetts and you collect money for that, well, part of that money goes to the state of Massachusetts. There's a business involved. Right. Um, the copywriting, you know, making sure that the royalties come back to myself. If I wrote the song, or if I co-wrote the song, uh, Austin Gray plays in our band, and he co-wrote a song with me. He's got a couple, some songs that we're working on together. Mm -hmm. So that the logistics are that both of our names need to be on that copyright. So it's just little things like that. I mean, that's it's the not so glamorous part of it, but at the same time, being a business owner, and the other the other part is just like you know crippling self doubt. <laughs> Just like, why don't I just go and get a job? Why don't I just go get a 40-hour and just, you know, live out my life simply? But no, I have to make it really complicated. You came to a point where it's like, you know what? This is who I am. I'm not denied anymore. I'm not going to be half in, half out. I'm um, going kind of like the all tricky in, part. That's the right? tricky part. Yeah, because horticulture for me, gardens, plants, I love plants. I'm fascinated by by nature, by, uh, by mother nature. I studied a lot of science in school. And what I've learned is that I do not get along with mother nature when I'm out in the gardens. Clipping boxwoods into a perfect hedge, that's not what she wants. She is trying to do one thing and I'm trying to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> 
what I do like about the music is that I can create, I can build, I can record it, and then it's then it's there, it's done. It's not gonna wilt in next summer's drought. <laughs> right. Um, this year we had gypsy moth caterpillars were back. You know, so I, we're already thinking uh, on the horticulture end of my my day, you know, my day job. I'm already thinking about how are we going to be proactive against having these um, insects defoliate our gardens. And so there's steps we can take right now, this fall, as well as early spring before they emerge. We're trying to stay ahead of it. Having the foresight, having to know to know that spring's going to come next year. I'm going to have my I'm going to plant tulips this fall thousands of tulips they're going to come up in the spring and I look right. forward to that I love that work but now we have we have to start thinking wow you know we're not getting the rain we used to get we're getting a lot more warmer days uh, I'm having a lot more disease because Things, of the I lack of rain or you oh, well it's just you know there's something called mites they're not an yeah. insect they're uh, an eight eight-legged little guy and so Mites have been terrible on evergreens and other other hedges and things for me, and I never had that problem before. And now it's, I, I want to go to work and I want to enjoy, the plants and the health of the plants. But my my horticultural background is to diagnose, and see what's wrong with every plant, and who's who our combatives are. You know who's who's after it. And that's really taken its toll on me, where I'm realizing Mother Nature is just so strong, and she's she's winning the battle. So I'm almost I'm almost ready to throw the flag up. But oh really? No, no, no. No, you're not. <laughs> now, do you ever take go to one of the agricultural extension centers with Absol a problem all the time. and stuff and every, check in with them all the year? Yeah, um, all the time, every year. There's something we send out because we're puzzled. Generally, I can I can get you into I can figure out what the pathogen is. You know, the pathogens are going to be insects, um, fungus, bacteria, virus. Um, where else are we mites? You know. So and what does mildew? How does that? That's fall? a fungus. That's a fungus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, different stages of of fung fung. You know, the, a fungus has different stages, whether it's in the fruiting body stage at a certain point. You know, and you want to, um, there's raindrop splash that'll move the spores around. So if you can, if you can, the term nip it in the bud, mm -hmm. that's, that comes from all of this, trying to, your aphid insect sits down deep inside the bud. And if you can go in and nip it in the bud quickly, then you, your plant won't end up with aphids all over it. Nip it in the bud. <laughs> so when you start to see a problem, you really have to be pretty quick to get on it. And, you know, I, I see problems on Friday afternoons at four o'clock before my, my clients arrive for the weekend. And, you know, I see a, I see a major problem going somewhere on a, something that I, I, I haven't looked at in three days. And all of a sudden I'm just like, gosh, man, this is a tough way to make a living. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't I become a musician? <laughs> now, what problems and obstacles have you overcome on the music path? I mean, once you said, okay, this is done. Oh, I want to do this professionally. Yeah. I want to, what were some of those initial obstacles that you had to overcome? Oh, geez. Cleaning it up. You know, deciding the focusing, just not having focus. You know, for so so many years, I played in rock bands and we did covers, we did originals, and it was fun. I've always done bluegrass, I've always done country, I've always done um, popular music, piano playing in restaurants, things like that on the side. But when it came to the bands that I was in, get together with your with your friends, form a band, get a drummer, get a bass player couple guitar players or whatever 
you know, I played keyboards, so I was always a keyboard player. I played in a bunch of bands I didn't sing. You know, I was just mm -hmm. a keyboard player. So that puts me in as a musician. I'm, I'm a musician within the band. You know, I'm not the lead singer. I'm not the front man, you know. And that's where you get your seasoning. That's where you load up, you know, there's that, that joke now that, you know, you load up $500 worth of gear into a $100 car and yeah. drive to a gig four hours away to get 40 bucks, you know. But um, Now, when you so, say seasoning, it's also just working with with people. I mean, just working with other musicians. I mean, trying to get with, the right mix together, the oh, different yeah. egos. Well, that all happens. The, yeah, yeah, egos and, and um, egos are a big part of it. People's personal lives, their time. I'm very grateful for the amount of time that the band members of Plywood Cowboy can give. You know, each week we have either a rehearsal or a gig. Mm -hmm. uh, some sometimes we'll have a big gig, like we just had at the Kate, where we took a, a week off, two weeks off afterwards, where I let let those guys go out. You know, I don't want to say, okay, well we're right back in the studio on Monday. You don't want to burn them out, but at the I, same time, wanna, you want to keep the yeah. I don't really momentum. think about what, why. Are we, I just feel I you know we just all communicate. We communicate really well, and I just know where everybody's at, and that's really key. As we become more of a group, more of a band, as we band together, we know what to expect from each other. <laughs> the other day, I was having a bad day a couple weeks ago at a rehearsal, and our band, our bass player Shane Tanner, who's just a great guy, original, the original member of the band. He said, what did he say to me? He looked at me, he's from Georgia, and he, his accent came out, and he just said, he looked at me, he goes, lose it, Steve, lose it. And I had, I had this attitude. <laughs> I had, I was, and it was great. He put me right in my place, and I needed him to put me in my place. And he knew how. I was control, I was trying to orchestrate and control everything around me. Gosh, that's my, yeah. So I when you, that. I have learned that when I let go of control, yeah, I still need to maintain some assertiveness, but when I stop trying to control people, places, and things, I can breathe a little bit easier. And go with the flow. And, <laughs> we, and we, I think it was also about 100 degrees and humid, and here we are setting up, you know, to play um, for a rehearsal with six of us, and it was before a pretty big gig, and, and uh, so it was great. You know, so Shane feels comfortable, you know, saying, letting me know that, and that's, and I, I love him for that, you know. But I, I love I, how he did it. It's just lose it. Lose it, Steve. Lose it, Steve. You know lose what I mean? It. I mean, just lose really simple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just to like bring yeah. it back down. Yeah, and you know, I just, I went home that night. I think I sent him a text, you know, apologizing. The next day I sent him an email like, oh, you're, you're right on, man. You know, thanks. That was, and he probably let it go, you know. And, of course. Yeah, yeah. He was like, ah, oh, whatever, Steve, just being a jerk. <laughs> but I want to roll back a little bit and talk about uh, talk about the control and letting go because that like I, like I said in the Genesis episode I went in with structure and expectations and to have some control and I realized that one of the reasons why I'm doing this outside of the radio is because it's great to have structure in some cases but I wanted to explore yeah without it I wanted to like to not be in control and to and and to just let things kind of evolve on on its own and um i mean it's always good like with music i mean it's good to, you start out in with a little structure and then the way you just improvise off of it so here's a control know? let's see let's do a control on, on the piano here and uh so a control on the piano would be um 
need to keep, you know, there's the control is. But then to let it go, to improvise and get mm -hmm. outside of that. Now, what if you wanted to play that again? What if you said... I would do something similar to it, but I... But you couldn't replicate it I, exactly. You know, I, I, if, I, if I recorded it and listened to it and it becomes part of the song, the riff, you know, or something uh -huh. like that, if, if, if the, you know, if that just becomes the riff, then, you know, then, I, then every time we come into that part, you want to, your ear picks it up, you know, so it becomes... But uh, the, the control part is that the bass is walking down, right? you know, and then, uh, so in music, it's it's nice. That's where improvising is important in key. I know a lot of piano players, great piano players, friends of mine, or people I've met over the years, classically trained, and they sit down and they play these incredible pieces, and uh, like a... And they can do that with the music in front of them, but... If you ask them to play a Duke Ellington song or something, they, no, nope, can't do it. I need the music in front of them. And I admire that brain because I can't do that. I can't, you know, I always have to go, my brain wants to wander and go out of control. <laughs> They're in a very controlled situation. They're presenting music for them as they can, it's more mathematical. And is that typical for classic? You know, it's I think it's I think it's fifty fifty. Half music half the musicians I know play straight up and then the other half wander outside. And uh, I think it's a good combination to have a little bit of both. And do you have a little bit of both in the in well, the band? I try, yeah. My yeah. I, it's key to have a little bit of both though. At the same time, like I said, I know what I know. I, we we just played. Uh, we just had our CD release party up on a stage, and you know I had the band up there, two hundred and thirty people in the audience, and my bass player Shane. You know, thank God for Shane. <laughs> Shane's like Steve, you're in the wrong key. You know, he's telling me I'm starting the song in the wrong key. I'm I don't I don't even know. I think I had started singing. I, I have a guitar with me now, and and, uh, and I started just with, well I'm upon the silver mountain. Yeah, what was I? What was I singing? It wasn't Silver Mountain. It was uh, uh, well Saturday morning and the chores are all done. Count to hundred as the kids all run. Shit, uh, Steve, you're in the wrong key. Wrong key. I look around the band's like, oh wait a second, hold on, sorry everybody. Audience laughs a little bit. Saturday morning and the chores are all done. Count to hundred as the kids all run. And then I was, and then the song went on. And, uh, you know, I talked to some people afterwards and they said, they said uh, that was actually a, a fun night, fun part of the night to yeah. see, you know, and, and what are you going to do? So as far as being that, that mathematical, you know, precision player, I still, you know, I still screw up on, you know, screw stuff up all the time. And you forgive yourself. Sure. Yeah, you laugh it off. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully you make up for it in the rest of the song or the next song. <laughs> you know? Don't do it again. You know, you don't want to do it too often, but that's an example of uh, that wasn't planned. I didn't plan on, you know, I'm going to I didn't plan on making a big mistake, but it was just, you know, 
we took care of it. it yeah, was it, wasn't, it wasn't that big. I mean, both, even the wrong key sounded good. Well, <laughs> you know what I mean? We've done that. I've done that before. You know, a big popular song for a lot of bands to cover is the weight from the band. And, uh, and we, I started playing it one night in, in the wrong key, and then we realized that we couldn't sing it in that key. It was too high. Ah. So we got into it and we finished the song and it was terrible because no one could hit the high note. Now what, now you were playing this earlier, you said you just broke this out. Yeah, so this, um, what, what I have set up, uh, so you're in, you're in my music studio right now and I have all my instruments around me and uh, this is, um, right here, this is my stage piano on the bottom that I use. And this stage piano has, you know, it's got a Rhodes in there. It's good for the pianos. I use it for the pianos. Um, what else is in here? But basically just the piano sounds on there. And then up top, what I have just the setup I'm using right now for this um, this weekend because I was doing some recording is I have a synthesizer on top. Uh, it's 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 a keyboard that Roland put out years back called the Juno D. It's a, it's not a, it's not a very expensive unit, but it does a lot of things differently. So you'll have your 800 sounds that all of these keyboards have in there. It's got, it's actually got a, a pretty neat blown tenor in here if I can get. So this is, uh, this is a, a blown tenor. It gives a little breath in front of it. for synthesizers and uh... oh. and those are called that's basically a pad here's another pad here So if I'm doing a piece of music, on, uh, let me get back into a piano. Uh, which pedal is which? Okay. Um, padding is, it just puts a pad underneath the music. Soundscape at the at the beginning. I'm a big fan of like Mark Knopfler's music. Or oh, yeah. Pink, Pink Floyd has you know they create these soundscapes before the song and then the song goes on. And, um, so the song's been written for a number of months now and uh, and he, Spinal Tap has that one line. Let's you know this isn't D minor. It's the saddest of all keys. But I believe B minor is the saddest of all keys. And uh, this particular song we actually end on a happy note. That's, that's where it ends. <laughs> <laughs> but, but where uh, does it begin? 
the idea is that we would build up the intro on this song with a... Uh... So we can just hang on that B minor at the beginning of the song. And just let it soundscape out for 30 seconds. And then, it, and then there's a riff. And then Austin comes in. Austin Gray plays lead guitar for us. And he, then he comes in with the riff. set it up it's so that's what I'm working on here and then what else does this synth do it it's got some nice organs in it um, I have an M3 uh, Hammond organ to my right right here which is authentic legitimate 1963 M3 and then it goes through a Leslie cabinet over here which um, has a rotating horn in it that gives it this Doppler effect but um, this this organ is fun uh, yeah, because you were playing something earlier uh, before you were off map that was very like gospel. Yeah, so the gospel. Um, uplifting, kind of. Alright, so yeah, I think um, as far as the piano goes, you know, um, Alan Toussaint and Dr. John, and uh, those guys have been really influential. Uh, Billy Preston. Oh, yeah. You know, those, uh, Billy's got some. What, what is his gospel song? God. Uh, just incredible players. Uh, so, uh, let me uh, split this up on the bottom here. Chops, you know, chops, 
you get your chops by playing a half hour, an hour every day. Get your chops up. Right. So, I mentioned Mark Knopfler's music. I just heard a, an interesting thing. His wife, I think she said it in, in an inter interview somewhere that if he doesn't play his guitar for a week, um, no, if he doesn't play his guitar for a day, he notices. If he doesn't play his guitar for a week, she notices. But if he doesn't play it for two weeks, then the band, uh, the audience notices. <laughs> you know, it's just about keeping your dexterity up, your, your muscle memory, all that stuff. So, and I've I've taken for granted that I, I know my own songs and I can just show up and just play them. Mm -hmm. And I've learned now that if I have a gig or even a solo opener, I played up in um, a great venue the other day called Forty One Bridge Street. And that is in Collinsville, Connecticut, which is just a, a cool, hip little town that's got a lot of great venues, a lot of great musicians in it. Um, it's outside of Farmington. Uh, I need to play an hour before that gig, go over my songs, you know, warm up. Really? Sing through, sure, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it's a better performance if I do that. I'm also, I'm, I'm just more confident, too, that I know. I just spent, you know, two hours ago, I just went over all my material. There's the, there's a vocal warm up exercises that you can do um, that are encouraged, you know. And start drinking some warm water and getting your throat. What are those vocal up. exercises? <laughs> yeah. Is it like is it like la 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 it's, la la it's la la It's that and more. It's everything. It's like. <laughs> Talk about breathing for about 10 minutes if you want. <laughs> yes, I would love to talk about breathing because people take breathing for granted. My first run in with learning how to breathe properly was only in the last two years. Really? Yeah. So, you was know, that your voice coach? Uh, that was my voice coach. That was my health coach. So, there's three things exercise, music, and stretching. On the healthy end of things, I attend a health club here in East Haddam, and it has changed my life. Obviously, it's going to change your life if you commit to it. Um, great people, amazing people. Uh, Marilla runs it. It's called More Fit, and Marilla is the head of it. And she just uh, she just ended up going to the Olympics for uh, being a uh, an IOC uh, sponsored masseuse for the athletes. So she got to work on all the athletes before and after their their medal competitions. So you're in good hands. I'm in really, really, really good hands. She was one of the only ones chosen from the Northeast out of thousands of people that apply. So uh, yeah, I'm in good hands. And she yells at me all the time, Stephen. She's got a nice, uh, a strong Polish accent. And Stephen, you're not breathing. You're not breathing. That's no good. <laughs> you know, so I'll be on the floor, you know, in total pain, self-inflicted pain. You know, I got like my leg, one of my knees is like over my, my, my other knee and I'm twisted around in a pretzel, you know, stretching um, some hamstring or something. And, uh, and uh, you know, she's great. She's, she's both my wife, Jackie and I, you know, we see the, the benefits of, of going down to Morfit a few times a week, four or five times a week if I can. I have, a, I have a class that I go to for myself, the personal class, that's rather than pay the money for cable television, you know, a fraction of the cost, I can go down and have someone push me, do the things that I wouldn't do at home. But I can stretch on my own, but I also like to attend the yoga classes for the stretching part. I'm not much into yoga in the sense of the mind part of it, 
and I'm learning, but I'm not, I go because it forces me to stretch for an hour. And breathe. And breathe. Yeah, that's the So in through the nose, out through the mouth. And uh, when I'm singing, breathing is very important for me to breathe in and then have a 15% reserve buried down in my lower back. So if you want to hang on a note, or if you can... <laughs> if I, and let me, let's phrase it this way. If I want to try to hang on a note, you know, to hold that note, yeah. Then I, I hopefully, I, I've, I've found a spot. There's a couple songs I've written where I run out of air because I have too many words or something. So, so what would be an example of, of trying to... Uh, uh, what's a song that we... I was 50 miles from Kansas when I came to my senses I had run from my troubles, I couldn't call myself a man So in that example, I have spaces in between when I sing that I can, hopefully, if I remember, or it's a muscle memory that I just start to do this naturally I take short breaths in through my nose to, to keep the reserve in there. While in the pause in between the in words. In the pause in between. Yeah, so I'll, I'll exaggerate now. I was 50 miles from Kansas when I came to my senses. I had run from my troubles. I couldn't call myself a man. Yeah. Left a woman back in tears. My account's all in arrears. I said, please, Mr. Dealer, I would like another hand. But that's not the way the game is played. I should. And it, you know, eventually, it just becomes a part of what you're doing. It's part of the craft, but it's an important part. And I'm, I've learned that through Marilla, who's taught me, teaching me how to breathe. And also, Mrs. Barnes is my vocal coach. And Mrs. Barnes is a gospel singer who's retired. Oh, really? Yeah. I found her through a friend of mine, Alan. Alan's in a hospital bed, and he gets a little bit of music therapy uh, from time to time. So she's his nurse's aide, and she comes to me, and she's, she yells at me. It's good to have people that yell at you, you know? Because <laughs> people that yell at you because they care, you know? <laughs> she says, child, you're not dropping your jaw on those long knees. Uh, you know, or if I'll, uh, if I sing, uh, you know, I, what, what song did I sing for her? Because she's gospel. So I said, how about, uh, I think I do this in D. Um, Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. So she said, the first thing she said was, oh, that's pretty, that's a nice job. But see, in the Caucasian churches, y'all sing it way too fast. <laughs> <laughs> and what, what she's saying to me, is, and then what she's teaching me, especially with the gospel music, and you know, I'm, I've never been accused of being a religious man, but um, it, it's important to, to have some higher power, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> at least for me, it is. She, what she is uh, teaching me is that when I'm going to sing these songs, or if, I, if I'm going to sing How Great Thou Art, which is her song, she loves that song, mm -hmm. How Great Thou Art, which is a beautiful, beautiful song. 
and it builds with this crescendo to finally the, the I think it's the last chorus builds up where they take it to the high note you know and uh, Vince Gill does a great country version of it and she wants me to sing and mean every syllable of that song with my eyes open staring at the audience connecting with the audience uh, you know we're not singing that song this is these are the songs that we practice you know that work on so that I can take I can take the lessons learned from the vocal lessons and uh, apply, apply them, them to, your... to our own music yeah. right. so if I'm singing about a, a love song to my wife or not to close my eyes it's easier when you close your eyes it's easier to hear the song hear yeah. hear your you know hear your breath all that when you leave your eyes open you can get distracted and so it's um, yeah, it's a little bit of both. I still close my eyes a little bit here and there. But she's the one telling me how to connect. The music is all about going in somebody's ears and going into their heart. Music can make you remember the most amazing experience. And it'll also help you forget the day and bring you somewhere else. What a great feeling it is to, to open your eyes and play and sense that you are connecting with people. And, you know, opening their hearts and massaging their soul. <laughs> Getting deep. Well, that's, it's a little that, early in the morning. That's, that, that's where it goes. I'm telling yeah. you, that song, uh, you know, because I've been listening to those six songs, and it ends on that that song. And I just kept wanting to hear it, like, over and over. So, I'm just, oh, so nice. I just hit, like, six, boom, six, oh, boom, six, boom. Yeah, nice. it was just like... That's cool. And, and, you know, it was the tune that I was, like, the melody that I started with, uh, started this episode with, but it just, re I mean, I could feel it. I could feel it. The way I feel it is, it's like stepping back, back to your own heart. You know what I mean? Sure. That's how I, that's yeah. how I feel like when I'm I humming think that it or when I'm feeling it. first step, if we want to go into a little bit of that song, and that song is called Steps Back to You. It's on our, our new album, our debut album. And uh, I've had a lot of people tell me that, that they connect with that song, whether indirectly or directly. It's called Steps Back to You. I elected to not put 12 steps back to you because I figured that was too much of a giveaway. <laughs> right. And that is the first step there of being accepting and just letting go. Yep. So once, once you realize that, at least for me, you know, once I can say, all right, maybe if I... If, I'm if I stop being selfish and realize that I will feel better about myself and about... Well, that is way. selfish. Everyone's selfish. You can't not be selfish. Oh, no, Taking yeah, care of yourself, yeah. well, you can give more to others. Right, right. Well, there's yeah. that. There's that. There's that part about keeping your side of the street clean, you know. Yeah. And, uh, but as far as my... As far as what I've learned in the last few years, five years now, almost five years coming up in uh, November, is that when I try to give more back, it helps me. And maybe it's selfish of me to think that way, but it's not, it's, it's just... No, but... People that get caught up in drugs and alcohol, there's a reason that that happens. That's right. In, in music, it's no different than any other field. You don't have to be a musician or a sculptor or a poet. You know, you don't have to be an artist to, to, to have addictive personalities that lead you down a road where you're, you're self-medicating for whatever reason. Well, I think the first thing, addiction is... Uh... We become addicted to our emotions. We're human beings and we're here to experience emotions, but 
become addicted to. I mean, you know, some people, they're angry for years. They hold on to this anger and those the grudges. Are the, those and, are their resentments. Right, exactly. A lot. I had somebody tell me early on, Lamont, that by, by drinking a lot, that person who's drinking a lot is, is being very selfish. And I'm thinking to myself, that's well, that's not right. They're hurting, and they're 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 self-medicating for whatever reason, right. you know. That you know. But they're in pain. They're in pain, and you know, I don't I don't care whether people call it a disease or not, you know, for alcoholism or addiction. It, the words, the alcoholic, you know, all these words, they're just words. In the real life, is how does it affect your life and others around you, even people that you don't even know, you know, driving home after a, a gig and you're intoxicated, and mm -hmm. you're on the road driving uh, is that person going to affect someone's life that they don't even know you know so it, it's not just the people around you and yourself it could be many other people but as far as that selfishness goes from my point of view if I if I was drinking a lot it would just be like that's what Steve needed that's what Steve wanted and that's what Steve was gonna get and that's the selfishness of it me first if I have to go to a party and I don't want to go hang out with those people but I should be there then I'm gonna I'm gonna medicate myself and numb myself up because that's what I want. When I get to that party, I'm not engaged in conversation with people like I normally would, like you and I are discussing right now. Mm -hmm. I've got a good buzz on. I've primed myself before I even went to the party. Now I'm at the party. Now I'm drinking more because I don't want to be there. Me, 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 me. No, me. no. But wait a second. Yeah. Because you don't want to be. There. It's not about me. It's about being there as a couple. It's about being there as a family member. Once I realized that. Then that was that opens the door a little bit. And listen, I'm just, you know, I it's progress, not perfection, anyways. But um, right. then you have resentments. You, we talked about grudges and things. People get angry, and, mm -hmm. you know. Um, we probably you and I both know some family members that are adults now, but they haven't talked to their siblings in years. Oh yeah, <laughs> it happens. It happens yeah, around us. Sure, you know, family. So you have resentments, and, and resentments come every day, you know. You, you, they will each, at least for me, they will eat me alive. If I hold on to a resentment, it's just going to eat me up. Let's say... So you're pretty healthy. No. To know that it, it will eat you up because... I have some good people around me that help me, you know. I have, I have people... It's the key about surrounding yourself with good people. Being human beings... Um, I, have a, I have a friend, Ruth... Who's a, we built a, a bird garden for Ruth up in Bayshin Lake in East Haddam. She's a, an incredible human being. And she's, she just celebrated her 90th birthday this summer. Wow. And awesome. Ruth, I said to Ruth one day, years ago, I've been with her for 15, 20 years now, and, and her garden is built, and now the birds are just nesting. In it. It's beautiful. It's a great, great meadow. It's two acres, all fenced in from the deer. And she goes over and she's a, a true birder. She knows their habits, she knows their calls. Her eyesight's not what it used to be, so now she birds by ear. She mm -hmm. knows the different calls. And she's, uh, she told me, she gave me a pretty good piece of advice. I said, I just wanna go live in the woods in a cabin by myself, Ruth. And, you know, that, that dream of just going off and being a hermit. And she said, you could do that, Stephen, but humans are a herding animal, like horses, and you, should and need to be around other humans. And there's exceptions to the rule. I have a great book here. This is my favorite. I'm, I'm trying to write a song about Pearly, the true story of a New Hampshire hermit. And Pearly, you can see the cover here, is oh, yeah. this, this man on the cover of this book. It has this, this older man with a big white beard and big white hair all frizzed out. 
and he's holding three goats. And he lived without electricity in the woods of New Hampshire with like 30 or 40 goats. True story, great book. I've read it twice now and I'm reading the third to come up with the storyline for the song. Because Pearly needs a song. Pearly Sweat. Well, how does Pearly, uh, how does he touch you? Well, he's, you know, at first I idolized him because he's living in the woods with his goats. And, you know, he doesn't, doesn't have, he has a little bit of money. He sells, I don't know, he sells rocks. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His family kind of brings stuff up. So anyways, he's, he's passed on now. But um, I always come back to that because it would be going against my own human nature, my own genetic makeup to not want to be around people. And really, and so that's, that's the beautiful thing about the steps that I've taken to realize that, yeah, I actually do like to be around people. And if I don't hold resentments against people that I've already made judgments on, you know, I've closed the door on a bunch of friendships and things and people in, people in um, the arts and, you know, mm -hmm. friends of mine, businesses, you know, and uh, forgiveness, things like that. You know, I just, uh, it helps. It helps if I'm reminded by friends of mine on a daily basis. Steve, you know, resentments will eat you alive. And there's a great visual for resentments. Look at a comet going through the air. The comet is the fiery ball. And whatever happened, the argument you had with that other individual, that's the fireball. That's the ball. And the trail? The trail is the resentment that you have. The fiery ball is light years away. Is a mile away and you're still holding on to this long trail. I had a resentment for a friend one time just all day long and I work alone a lot so it's not healthy because I'm just out there <laughs> in the garden you know pulling weeds and just like oh he's such an ass you know? <laughs> and uh, and it bothered me all day. Now the funny thing is that someone said to me my friend Andy Andy Morris and he said to me uh, he said you know He's like, you know, that guy, he doesn't even know that he did that. He doesn't even care. He's not thinking about it. You're the one thinking about it. Why are you going to let it ruin your day? Anyway, some, sometimes there's some legitimate problems where people do you wrong and you have to be, you have to stand up for yourself and you have to be proactive about making sure that you establish that some you boundaries. have some boundaries, yeah. you're assertive, you know, you can't. It's not all about just sitting back and letting people take advantage of you or whatever, you know. That's also good to keep in mind. If somebody is upset at a sibling, a coworker, a, uh, a friend, someone they thought was a friend, if you let it go, you'll realize that that person's probably not worried about it that day. They've moved on. They're doing something else. Yeah, and you know, working in the restaurant, in the service industry was something that I learned which I hated doing. I mean, I ran out of money. That's I needed a job. Business. Oh my God. And it exposed me to myself because, I mean, I grew up only child, single working mom. Yeah. And I spent a lot of time alone, which I love my time alone, listening to my music. Yeah. I mean, I just, I like that piece. But what happened was, is that I ended up taking a lot of things personally. Like yeah. most everything, because I didn't have an older sibling who I was fighting with every day and still had to live. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't grow up with that kind of, you know, family stuff. So, and as a result, when I went out, there were little things that I would take personally, like every little thing, and just let it, it would just build up, 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 build up. And then I discovered, when I started playing sports, 
Everything that had built up would come out in a physical expression. So, as I got older, I stopped playing sports and there was no release for that. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm in this, you know, serving people and I really, I really had to learn how to not take things personally. And so now I'm at the point where I can go in and I can read a table that I'm approaching and I can just tell like what's happening. I can just tell, okay, they're in a fight with each other. They're not talking to each other. There's uncomfort there. I mean, it's just right away. So if something is directed at me, I already know it's not directed at me. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, there was this like big, huge guy, like, you know, bigger than either of us who was coming in and, and yelling at this 16 year old host. And she was just <gasps> like, just, and she ran to me, she says, Lamont, Lamont, he's like, he's, he's, says that he wants his wine and he wants it right now. Well, he ordered a bottle of wine and it was down in the wine cellar and the owner had to go get it and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You know, so it took a while, right? Yeah. So I went over there to him with the wine that had just come up, thank God. And he was sitting there with his, on one side of the booth and his daughter was on the other side and then this gentleman that she was with was there. And so right away, he starts like barking at me, telling him what I put in the wrong bottle, but he's like starts spewing stuff at me. And I'm just looking at the table and I'm like, okay, here's the deal. He doesn't like that guy that his daughter's with. That's his daughter. And he's really uncomfortable. Mis so this is just misdirecting it. Right, yeah, yeah. This is just running through my head yeah. right now that I'm able to do this. I'm able to look and see what the what the deal is. Like even though it's coming at me, it's not meant for me. Yeah, the guy doesn't yeah. know. You're just caught in the crossfire. I'm just, yeah, I'm just there. And a lot of times he's yeah. just taking it out. Yeah. He wanted his drink. And, or, you know, back to the drinking thing, he wanted his self-medication to help him get through that, <laughs> to help him get to the thing. And I was, it was taking too long to get to him. Uh, so anyway, it was very funny. But so at that point, I was like, all right. So then I just took my time, keep my cool and breathe. And really, I have to remind myself to breathe in a situation like yeah. that. You know, just breathe. It is kind of fun sometimes. Just like you know, just want. You just, I always have that. I always have that little that little movie that plays in my head. Like, oh, you take him outside and just you know, let it. Oh my God, I used to. I, I used to have that movie. I too. love that movie. <laughs> but 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 I but I don't entertain it too long. You know, but yeah, you breathe and yeah. then you walk away and you do the you right thing. You just breathe and smile. Yeah, smile. Like you breathe and you kind of nod and you kind of smile. And yeah. so this is what I've learned to do. Yeah. But what was interesting about it is because as I was serving the table, I learned out what the story was. The story was, was not only was he uncomfortable because he didn't like this guy, but this guy wasn't just a guy. This guy was her fiance. Oh, it's even, yeah. So it's gonna be a long road. And they were discussing the wedding, which is not a stressful. Which time he at all. was paid for. Not a stressful time at all. And the topic of the conversation was they called him out to dinner, so they could explain to him that what he originally thought what the wedding plan was, yeah. what he originally thought the budget was, that had just changed. So he was going to be spending more now. Hey. And the, I was like, sitting there serving, I was like, 
oh wow the funny thing was is once he had his wine in him and he started to loosen up a bit and he got and he started to really see like yeah. what the damage was going to be yeah. but both his daughter was cool like they were cool they were all polite and then i asked the guy i was like oh because he was drinking like a tiger right talk i said can i get you another drink and then the father looked at me and goes he only gets to have one and he smiled at me and from that point on he was great, and it was a great dinner. Let me ask you something. It was so, fun. no coincidences. Um, I actually ended up just performing uh, at a wedding, and it's it's funny. I wonder if it was the same same couple. It doesn't matter, but where was the wedding? It's uh, it was it was local. <laughs> Let's we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> it was a beautiful wedding. It was a beautiful day. It was a beautiful wedding. I'm glad it turned yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. Yeah. It turned so, in any case, I have that. That, that step in my head, you know, there's the surrender or there's the, the acknowledgement of selfishness, self. Then there's the letting go of resentment. So now you can breathe a little bit, right? You know, and this is work that you have to do all day long. It doesn't, you don't ever get a diploma. <laughs> At least you know I don't what? ever get a diploma. And you never get a perfect either. Right, it, right. You know what I mean? Progress it's like, yeah. versus perfection. Exactly. Yeah. And so then I, so then, you know, to adapt it to music and, and, uh, now I can focus on positive addictions. Let's use a... You know, music is a positive addiction for me. And so that's where I can focus uh, on that. And I like the feeling I get. I got into mountain biking a lot. I haven't, I haven't been on the bike. Music's been pretty busy now and, and work's been busy. So I haven't been on the bike in, in a while. But um, mountain biking for me, uh, as a matter of fact, one thing that I would encourage everybody to do at some point in their life, um, if they want to turn over a new leaf, is to get on a bicycle and ride for three days in one direction. You just ride, but you can take a lot of breaks. I mean, if you need to take do some Do whatever breaks. you want to do. Cool. Go but as, just one direction. Go as far as you want to go. And then have someone come pick you up and drive you home, because you will be sore at the end. <laughs> did you do that? I did that. I rode my bike up to New Hampshire. I left... I left the driveway right here on a Thursday morning, kissed Jackie on the cheek, and uh, yeah, I planned it, you know, but I had uh, 25 pounds on the bike, and then I had 20, and then the bike weighed 25 pounds. I used my mountain bike, I put uh, slick tires on it. I was healthy, you know, I was, I was feeling good. I had, I had been biking. You had the bike. I had been going out biking. My, yeah, but not, not the way an athlete's lungs and legs are, by any means, you know, and uh, I was out of shape. So I rode early. I, uh, I, I, I do wake up early. And uh, so I would ride from 5 o'clock to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And then I would just stop. And then I'd find a place to sleep, whether it was camping or at a campground or something like that. And uh, I didn't tell my mother this up in New Hampshire. And uh, I didn't tell her I was coming because she would have said, no, <laughs> you are not riding your bike. That's dangerous. No. Even so though wait, I was so you had a 40 years old. She was, yeah. I had a destination. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I said, I'm going to ride my bike up to Long Pond, which is this great little pond up in New Hampshire. And so uh, Jackie said, good, do it. So that was like, that was a rebirth. That was incredible. Best experience of my life. You know, one of the best experiences of my life for a number of reasons. If I were to do it again, which I would like to do it again, to something, maybe a different destination or something, but I would use the iPhone less. I would have, I would turn it off or not have it with me or something like that. You know, there's emergencies and things that you want to have it, but I would disconnect a little bit more and make it into a really organic experience. Did you have any interesting stories to share about... There's a, there's a funny story from that trip. I had stayed at a campground the second night 
and I, I rode my bike in and I come down, there was a lake there, so I just went right in. I, I swim in any body of water that's, you know, it's got a little bit of depth and some movement. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fish, and I always have been ever since I was a little kid. So there's a lake there, and I stop, and get my bike, check in, get, a, get a campsite. It's eight dollars for the night. Mm -hmm. I get, I get a, you know, a twenty by twenty section in the woods under some pine trees around all these people's campers. It was a warm weekend. It was a warm week. That it was in June, late June, and there was the campers are there. It's a full house with the air conditioner units and the TV and everything all hooked up. And I'm not familiar with that world, but it, a lot of people enjoy it, and they it gives them a place outside of their regular house to go vacation. It's you know they have the investment of the camper or whatever mm -hmm. they can sure. detach it or has you know and leave it there. Some of them they leave in the campgrounds for years and years. And I met a couple there, a very nice couple there that had been going to this campground for 20 years and setting up. I I believe they even leave their camper there set up, and then they open up the camper in the spring. And then they can go and it's their spot. Maybe they live like 20 miles away or 30 mm -hmm. miles. And the campground has a camp store. It has the lake. It has a beach, a shuffleboard. And so I'm there on my bike. And, you know, when you're on a bike and you're bike packing, people see that, you know, you're coming in from out of town. And it's fun to ask people say, hey, where, where are you coming from? Or, you know, where right. are you going? That sort of, you meet people along yeah. the way. And I was going to general stores. I'd stop at like a subway and eat some sort of chicken sandwich or something, keep moving, you know. Because I'm just going from town to town to town, so I never had to really carry too much food besides my energy bars or whatever I had, water, you know. I never carried much on me. I think the first night I ate a can of SpaghettiOs because the, the camp store was the only thing open and they didn't have anything. I, ne I never, I, I had to go 15 miles uphill to, to like sleep that night. I think. And I didn't plan it, but I ate a can of cold SpaghettiOs. Anyways, uh, this couple comes up to me at the campground and they say, uh, Oh yeah, yeah, nice nice to meet you. We get talking. I'm drinking an iced tea. And they're like, Well, around here, we, what, we refer to people like you as transient scum. Really? <laughs> I laughed. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm sorry that I'm transient scum. You know, come in for a night and then move out, you know. Because they do. They make a little bit of money off people coming in. Just needed a campground for the night. Yeah. But it's a community. And it's a protected community. It's a, it's a tight community of people that all know each other and have been coming there for years and years. And then you get guys like myself. They don't know me from a hole in the wall, you know? So that's that's sort of the... Yeah, I've never thought of myself as transient scum, scum. But on this particular day, I was. <laughs> well, did you, did you make peace with... Oh, uh, yeah, it was great. He loaned me an electrical cord, you know? And so I was able to plug in and charge up my phone and... You know, I fall asleep watching a YouTube video or something. You know, I was asleep at eight o'clock. Oh yeah, and I mean, then uh, yeah, must have been exhausted. Seven, yeah, yeah. So that was that's a positive addiction. So music for me has become a positive addiction. I want to talk about music as kind of you know the creation of it and playing and expression as healing. I mean, for for self, you go to the um, hospital, whatever, and you, and you do. Uh, conducted music therapy. But every time you give a, a therapy session playing music, do you get one? So, and can you feel it? And can you feel it more I now feel it every time, yeah. since, um, since you stopped, you know, drinking? Do you feel more? How can you not, right? I, I don't know if that, I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because I feel when I listen. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I, I didn't have, my story isn't 
you know, I'm not rewriting any stories here, you know, and so... Um, it's still your experience. There's, when I was in my 20s, if I, if, if I smoked some weed and played Pink Floyd tunes, that was fun. That was awesome. Right. You know? And you get lost in three chords for, you know, or play, you know, play some jam band music and stuff. That was fun. Uh-huh. And so, but that can't last forever, right, can it? I mean, it's not, eventually it's going to catch up with you. Yeah. Or at least it's going to catch up with me. So, but it's fun and it yeah, feels good, but I'm but numbing. It's not. You're getting numb. And you right. do it enough, and then you realize, okay. For me, being a songwriter now, I can express myself. I can take some, I can take topics, I can take feelings, I can take things. I can have fun songs. I, I think I need a few more fun songs to write. I, I've been accused of writing some sad songs, you know. So absolutely, I feel more. I feel, the way I've been explaining it to some people, and I'll explain it to you right now, is that when I play music by myself, and we're going to do this, I'm going I'm mm-hmm. to have you play with me right now, but when I play music by myself, I love that. I love learning, working on things. There's the discipline part of me sitting down, and uh, I'll grab a mandolin for a second here. So, I'm not a mandolin player, but I own one. And so... Um, a little out of tune. Okay, so now that I'm... Learned, I just learned, taught, retaught myself. <laughs> So for mandolin, I need to have this instrument with me a half hour a day, an hour a day to get up to speed. It's it's okay right now. It's getting a little choppy. So for me, sitting here with a mandolin, I am learning how to play it. This is all new to me. This is fun. This is uh, enjoyable. I am feeling more and more about this thing. It's a stringed instrument. I've been playing guitar for a long time, so I can adapt a few of those those pieces and parts to that. And also to the sound. I mean, mostly it's used for what? For bluegrass kind of music. You were playing bluegrass for a while. Right, right. Bluegrass is... um, you know, so there's a little Lixner. Uh, so we have a song, now I gotta play guitar a little bit. So we have a song that's... Like Steve, you should play, you know, mandolin on it. So now I'm like, oh, all right, well, so. So now I'm, I'm trying to get the lick, teaching myself or going onto YouTube and watching a video. Mm-hmm. And 
getting a lick for that. So now I'm exploring new worlds and I'm opening up and it's, um, you know, that's for me, there's no end to this. That's where music for me is. I can always, I have chosen a path or the path has chosen me that it's endless. So I love that. And I love that about you. You're so open to learning. You're so open. You know what I mean? It's like everything's an adventure. Every, uh, you know, every everything is a, is a is an opportunity to learn. Have you played piano before? Do you know how to play piano? No. Okay, so roll over to the piano and just play this chord with your right hand. Wait, this? Yeah. There you go. That's it. Uh, yes, that's it. up a C chord, you know, very simple. Um, and so basically, Lamont, when I play music by me, you want to play more. <laughs> so when I'm playing music by myself, it's and it's great. I enjoy it. It's part of it's part of something I've been doing for many, many years. When I play music with other people, now we've just enhanced it. That feeling I get is now enhanced because now I'm sharing something with somebody else. So if I can surround myself with really good players, then it's gonna bring my game up as right. a musician. It's gonna make me work harder, which is you know pushing myself. And even when I play with amateurs, you know, I'm I'm not a professional musician. I don't use the word professional or amateur too much, but um, I think a professional musician is there's a line in the sand where that's that's all that they do, you know. So in any case doesn't matter who I'm playing with. For Plywood Cowboy, for the band, I want to have the best musicians that I can find. I think that's important to me on this project. I mean, who wouldn't, you know, who wouldn't? Of course. Right? Uh, so when I play music by myself, that's it for me. I mean, I have my music. I have my instruments, the connection. When I can share that with another musician, well then, hey, that's just fantastic. Now let's share it with three of us, four of us, five of us, six of us, horn section. You know, now we're talking. Now we got a band. Now we're now we're big. We're bigger. It's bigger than ourselves. It's about the song. So then give us an audience. Whoa. Now we've got an audience who is enjoying it. We're touching a huge amount of people. So now it's three tiers of happiness, fulfillment, connection. That's where That's I awesome. can I don't see any harm in any of that. <laughs> Hopefully we have a good product. Hopefully people like the music we're putting out. And, you know, they'll like it. And, you know, that's it. That's all I got. As far as the focus on this project, where art is in today with me, and uh, sitting here playing with you right now, that's, that's how it starts. You gotta start somewhere. Gotta start somewhere. Inside the passion. Music and art, rhythm and voice.
Where do you begin? Got to begin somewhere. Till next time. Peace out. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Lamont.